basketball fans, we have overloaded you with expertise, and we're bringing in another women's basketball analyst and expert to the show. Please join me in welcoming the fantastic and wonderful Megan Hughes-Perry to the show. Welcome, Megan. <laughs> Thank you, Lachina and Tarika. I'm excited to chat with you guys. Well, uh, Tarika wants to go ahead, Tarika. Did you hear her? She was about to pipe up. She was happy she had got a little mention. Um, But, Megan, you're an Ivy League girl yourself, which I love, which my mother always wanted me to go to an Ivy League school. But you're also an analyst um, deep into Ivy League women's basketball, Um, done studio for them, have just been great in your coverage this season. And so we want to know what your thoughts are on Princeton. Princeton comes into the NCAA tournament as the 11th seed. They will take on the Kentucky Wildcats in Raleigh. Um, the host team is NC State, who will take on Maine in their first-round game. Uh, Megan, should Raleigh, as a first- and second-round site, be worried about the Princeton Tigers? Can they advance to the Sweet 16? And why, if you think so? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that entire bracket should be worried about Princeton. And I don't just say that because I do have my, my heart is near and dear to the Ivy League. It's because of really what they've done on the court. I don't think that Princeton's surprising anyone. I don't think any of the Ivy League teams are. But I think Princeton this year is the tale of two two seasons for them, uh, the season before Bella Allery and the season after Bella Allery. And so Princeton in their non-conference they had a very competitive non-conference season. They played the likes of DePaul, Syracuse, Kansas State, Villanova, but they did so without their star player leading for back-to-back Ivy League player of the year, Bella Allery. And so I think, um, obviously, how they finished the season in the Ivy League, they dominated um, Ivy League play and came out as the Ivy Tournament champion um, with a big win against Penn. But I think that what they're capable of in the tournament um, their record is really not indicative of how they will perform because they now have Bella Allery under their wing, and she does a lot of damage. What do you like about Bella's game? What is the thing that stands out to you most that fans should be watching in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, Bella Allery, if you haven't seen her, she is must-watch. Um, she is a six-foot-four forward. She has guard-like tendencies. I think she's super dynamic, one of the most versatile players um, in the conference. Um, you know, she gets it done on offense. On the defensive end, she's disruptive. She, she The blocks and deflections that she's capable of on the defensive end. Uh, when I think about Ella, Bella Allery, if you haven't seen her, she reminds me of a very raw Elena Deladon. And I don't say that. I don't wow. say that like lightly at all. Um, I spent a lot of time scouting Elena Deladon during my time at the WNBA. But her on-court movements, her demeanor, and the the skill set that she has is unbelievable. Um, and let me tell you something else. Like Elena Deladon... She has a really strong upside, but right now she's been a dominant player in the Ivy League. Like No one has held her to a single-digit game all season long, and she's had at least five games where she scored 30-plus, and she dropped 45 points at Columbia with ease back in Uh-oh. February. So okay. she is someone that shows up, um, and she's not scared of the big moment um, at all. So for that reason, I think you know anyone going up against Princeton has a lot to be worried about. Well, they will take on the Kentucky Wildcats, a team that's led by Ryan Howard, a fantastic freshman, and obviously Macy Morris, the sharpshooter. So they will be facing a lot of pressure, wondering if Princeton will be um, ready for prepared for that aspect of things. And it was interesting watching Princeton because they were the final conference tournament championship of the Ivy League to be finished to find out that last automatic qualifier. And actually, Princeton was in – 
the NCAA selection committee's debatable eight, which were the last eight teams that were in consideration for the last four spots um, in the field at, for an at-large bid. So it was actually a debatable seven because Princeton did go on to beat Penn um, and things moved on from there. But uh, you mentioned the fact that you are you were a WNBA scout and, and have had a tremendous career with the league. And so uh, relying on that part of your experience just a little bit, are there any players that you're watching right now either that – um, you think are like your favorites to be a lottery pick in the WNBA draft or maybe some under rate under the radar players that you think could actually be good in the WNBA and, and maybe are being underrated? It's a really interesting question because to tell you the truth, Latina, I don't think that there's anyone under the radar right now to tell you the truth. All I think everyone is working with the same information. I don't think there's any secrets this year. Uh, but what I think is that it's a very deep draft class. And I think, um, you know, the, the players that I have my eye on, it's no surprise to anyone. I'm looking at McCowan. I want to know where she's going to go. I think Durr, you know, out of Louisville, I think Asia Durr definitely um, is a name that you're going to hear called very early um, for good reason. But to tell you the truth, I'm not um, – I'm not really anticipating too many surprises um, mm. at all. It's been a very, com- it's been a, a wide open race, to tell you the truth. But I think that with the coverage, the amazing coverage that you all offer on your platform, you and Tarika, um, but then, you know, the larger media community has done a good job of covering the game. Um, and, you know, we know what's out there and we know what these players are capable of. You just keep on bringing up Tarika. Tarika, do you have any questions for Megan? Because obviously <laughs> we know she's on standby. Tarika, you know look, she's smiling from ear to ear, honey. Go ahead and ask Megan a question. I actually don't have any questions for Megan, but that's because she's so good at what she does. She doesn't leave room for questions. She is really good at what she does, but I still have questions because I always have questions. Okay, okay Megan, yeah. so here is here is my question for you. There are four very, very good number one seeds. There could have been five number one seeds or possibly six, as we know. But in particular, Baylor out of the Greensboro region, Mississippi State out of the Portland region, Notre Dame and Chicago, and number one, Louisville and Albany. Who are you taking if all the number one seeds advance to the final four? I'm putting you on the spot. Who are you taking and why? Oh, Ooh, why, why, why? Um, I'm taking Baylor. I'll tell you the truth. Kalani Brown, I put a lot of stock into the big girl that can get it done. And I don't see anyone that's going to be capable of stopping her, all that she's capable of, her attack, and really just the mental edge that I think she has. Not having gone to a Final Four, I think there's a fire in her belly, and she has something to prove. And so for that reason, I'm tagging the Baylor Bears. Wow, Kim Mulkey's group coming out of Greensboro. Now, there's some competition in Greensboro if, if it happens, and a lot has to line up, but they could potentially match up with Iowa, who's the number two seed in this, in this region, which you don't want to see Megan Gustafson either. That would be a fun post-match up, okay? Yeah. They could, yeah. they could possibly, well, they could see actually in the second round Cal and Christina Nigue. Um, they could see NC State, who's the number three seed here, South Carolina, which we know has that experience. But you're picking the Baylor Lady Bears. Very interesting. Waco. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you heard, it, you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard, heard it here, here first. first. Okay. I know exclusive. <laughs> Megan, let our fans know where they can find you and follow you on social media and see your work. And also you have your own company. So tell us a little bit about that. No, sure. I'd be happy to. So I, I try to be as active as possible on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Miss Megs, M-I-S-S-M-E-G-S 42. Um, and then in addition to all the, the 
fun analyst work and following the game. Um, I do have my own company, Thanks for China. It's shout out to She Inspire Sports, uh, which is a plat- platform I developed to try to help inspire, educate, and empower uh, women off the court in whatever their career aspirations are. So um, I do a variety of things from a, a interview coaching, executive coaching, um, and communication consultation with um, you know aspiring young professionals in sports and also outside of sports to really seasoned vets in the industries um, across the gamut. So um, I'm all about just elevating women and figuring out how to help us excel um, in what we do every single day, whether it's on or off the court. I love it. And is also a wonderful mom and wife. Last question for you, Megan. (laughs) Last question for you. Um, You spent a lot of time covering the Miami Hurricanes this year, Mm -hmm. and they are hosting in Coral Gables. They have Florida Gulf Coast. They will play in the first round, and they will meet either UCF or Arizona State. Does Miami make it to the Sweet 16? Oh, goodness. Now, see, that's really tough, and I'm going to try to be as short as possible with this. Um, To answer your question, I say, yes, they do make it to the Sweet 16. And what's different about Miami this year, um, one, they had a really young team last year that had a lot of playing, got a lot of playing experience. You add that on to the dominant interior play that we've seen from Amesa Hoff and Beatrice Montpremier, um, I think those are the, they are the difference makers for, for Miami. They have an interior squad that is the anchor of their entire attack. Um, and I think that's really tough for most teams to deal with, especially when it's just, one game, right? Maybe over the course of a couple games, you can find some holes. But I think in that one game, I think that Miami's bigs are, are going to help carry them forward. And so um, I'll be I'll be in Coral Gables. I'll be, you know, watching with a close eye on what the Hurricanes are going to do. But uh, I think that they are going to, you know, get the pass and move forward this season. They do. All right. We will be keeping our eyes on Coral Gables and on Megan, who has been doing fantastic work. Thank you for joining us, Megan. Thanks for China and Tarika. You guys are fantastic. I enjoy oh, listening. God. Thanks for having Thanks, me on. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Megan. <laughs>